0: This is Wildcat Country. It's
1: only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A athletics. It's up for the end zone. zone. Arizona has scored the touchdown. Wildcats win. Let's go to work, Cat. Welcome to another edition of Wildcat Country. Eric Cohen and Shane Dale. And we're recording late this week, well, just because we were waiting for some news. And now on Thursday night, well, we got some earlier today, Shane. Before we get into anything else, Azulas Tubellos has declared for the NBA draft, and sources say his return to Arizona isn't looking good. Before we, as I said, before we get into anything else, just your thoughts on that announcement from Tabellis, is it the right decision on his part?
0: If he wants to play in the NBA, I'd say yes. I don't know how much of a difference coming back for another season would make at this point. I, I don't know, like on an individual level, how much left he has to prove or how much more he's going to improve. I I don't know if he's a great fit in the NBA for reasons that our guests have talked about. Um, but if, if, look, if he wants to play... Pro ball. If that's his his goal, then so be it. Uh, whether it's in the NBA or if he doesn't get drafted, if he gets picked up by a team uh, and to see how he does in the summer league, or if he decides to go, he, he can obviously go play pro overseas and, and make a decent amount of money as well. So, not a surprise. Uh, and like I mentioned on Twitter earlier, the the Sean Miller. Era, for lack of a better term, is 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 officially over now because this it's all Tommy Lloyd's guys going forward. Except for I'm, I'm assuming Tabels brother is going to follow him out of yeah, town, and yeah. he, he didn't yeah. he didn't, he didn't play anyway. So it Crease is gone, Tubelis is gone. It's Tommy Lloyd's team now, and for better or worse, uh, that's what it looks like going forward. And and the 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 other piece of positive news there is that Tubelis made a decision pretty early on. Unlike Dalen Terry last year, I know Coloco and, um, and Matherin declared pretty early, but t- Terry kind of left some things hanging there. And went to Bellus, uh, gone presumably gone for good from Arizona. Uh, that'll allow Tommy Lloyd to scour the transfer portal and hopefully pick up someone who's worthy of filling his shoes next season, or at least close to it.
1: I think honestly, Shane, I, I, I'm grateful for the three years that Azulus gave us, but I think this is a big mistake. I don't see him as an NBA player number one. Yeah, number number two. I think he's the type of guy that stays for another year and has like a Tyler Hansborough-like impact as a senior. Yeah. Like, lead your team to the promised land. I, I I mean, what's the best case scenario for him in the NBA? A second-round pick where, with a non-guaranteed contract, whereas I think he could have gotten some serious NIL money at Arizona maybe, and, and led this team, you know, which assuming we'll find out maybe some Ryan Nemhard news next week, as he's visiting Arizona this weekend, as well as Gonzaga. Cats uh, seem to be in the driver's seat. I, I just think this is a mistake. I, I I don't understand it. You didn't win Pac-12 Player of the Year. Your defense is lacking. I mean, the offense is losing him is a, is a big deal. But defensively, he was not good. Uh, yeah. that's not going to go well in the NBA no I well
0: no I'm agreeing with you I don't think we disagree Eric I mean for Arizona it's a big loss there's no you know, no but for
1: him it's the wrong decision in I, my opinion
0: I just don't know how I big wish of a him well. it well. yeah I, no. I do I, well and the thing with Tabellis is forever I don't know if it's you know an international thing or what I'd never I never saw a fire from him. Like we saw from a guy said like Ben Matherin, you know, or Dalen and Terry. And, and I don't know how much of a difference that makes. And, you know, it would be a moot point if Arizona had made it far in the tournament, but I, in a way it kind of feels like a clean slate. Now that this is all going to be Tommy Lloyd's team, completely Tommy Lloyd's team for better or for worse. I know he'd argue that it already was. And technically it certainly was, but it's going to be his roster going forward. And, and I'm, excited a little nervous to see what that's going to look like but um i'm I'm very intrigued to see what's going to happen in the next few weeks and like i said at least at least we know and at least arizona can can move ahead uh, accordingly in the transfer portal and in the the high school recruiting scene
1: so we'll talk more about that here in in buy or sell and then we're going to do a little football conversation with our buddy barrett baker who has not been on with us in quite a while really looking forward to catching up with him as he had a chance to catch some of the spring practices uh, Shane and I, unfortunately, will not be at the spring game this weekend, but we will have one of the captains of the spring game, Chris Gronkowski, on with us next week to break everything down. So best of luck to both Gronkowski brothers, Chris and Rob, uh, for their contributions uh, this weekend. All right, Shane, it's time for Buy or Sell, and it's brought to you by Chris Gronkowski's company of Ice Shaker. Great segue. Uh, there you go. Thank you. Go to IceShaker.com. You can get one of these beauties that Shane is drinking out of right now, or you can see behind my... Shoulder here uh you can go as I said ice shaker.com use promo code wildcat country capital W capital C get five dollars off or you can go buy one at fanatics.com all right Shane uh number one the transfer portal in college sports is out of control and must be curbed buy or sell
0: I'll I'll buy it um for for you know just to keep it simple but to go a little more in depth I I believe what I think a lot of people are believe at this point which is let them transfer for free once and then after that it's going to cost you a little bit as in it's going to cost you a year of not a year of eligibility but You have to sit out a year
1: yes unless I, unless there's a coaching change that right. i understand well, it
0: i i agree with that i agree with that or some sort of you know family hardship whatever um i also i, I i've been thinking about the idea that you know if you commit to a university you commit to play play for a school you should have to go there at least two years uh, and again, it, unless there's a coaching change or some yep. sort of hardship, you know, you have to make some sort of commitment. You know, I know I understand there's gonna be NIL money. And look, the transfer portal and NIL came both came together at the same time and just created this mass chaos. It's like when 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 like when two big storms connect and make a big you know super thunderstorm whatever horrible analogy but you get what i'm trying to say it's like everything kind of went chaotic all at once with the nil money and now guys are chasing that they have the chance to chase that in the transfer portal now was it like 20 percent of d1 players are now in the portal uh it, it that's insane and look i if guys think that another school is a better fit they have a chance to make more money now which is maybe the biggest element of it that's fine but i think that look you get one freebie and after that, you have to sit out a year, uh, unless there's some sort of uh, you know hardship or uh, you know coaching change, like we said. And again, I I I I kind of like the idea if you have to play two years at a school that you can. I'm
1: I'm all with you. I'm with you there. This transfer portal is out of control. This is an easy buy. There needs to be a salary cap of sorts for NIL money. You gotta you gotta level the playing field somewhat. And I agree with your idea about uh one one transfer barring hardship uh and stay for two years unless there's a coaching change or whatnot i i think it is just so bad i mean originally it was grad transfers and that's fine yeah and then it's just got stupid and i've had enough of it and it's it's making college sports worse you know it's free agency is fun in the nfl and nba and, and mlb but like
0: it's stupid in college it really is well it's the thing. like in, in pro sports you, you can't just hop from one team to another every year no. if you get, like, you sign a three or four year contract you can't just right. hop out of it you know You're you could try right. to sit out and get more money but you know and if you sign a year to year contract that's one thing but you signed a scholarship to play a certain amount of years and I know guys play go to go pro early and that's fine that hasn't changed that's nothing new but you know it, why why should you be able to get out of something in the college level that you wouldn't be able to get out of at the pro level?
1: uh one a Shane top players are signing but Arizona hasn't done anything yet uh are you concerned
0: by yourself no I'll sell I'm not concerned yet I, I think time Lloyd's got some options I, I was a little I was a little underwhelmed what they did last year you know Cedric Henderson and Courtney Ramey, they were good additions but I, I think they kind of performed like we thought they would they were they were good co- contributors had some great games they weren't superstars you know Ramey shot in, against UCLA in the Pac-12 of a tournament game was yep. huge uh, so I'm not discounting that, but they weren't superstars per se. And again, I think Dale and Terry's decision, his late decision to enter the draft kind of hampered things. And a lot of guys who might otherwise have come to Arizona are like, okay, is this Dale and guy going to come back next year? Do I have to play behind him? Uh, is it going to cost me a chance to, for some NIL deals? So uh, again, the, the fact that it looks like, it looks like as of now we know who's gone and we know who's coming back there unless there are any other surprises and there's a lot of spots open. So uh I no, I'm not concerned yet. Ask me again in a month, and the situation doesn't look much better. And then I would be, but there, there's a lot as we just talked about, there's a lot of guys in there right now. And they're obviously focused on Ryan Nemhard. I'm sure there's some other guys behind the scenes we don't know about. Um, so not concerned yet. It's very early in the process.
1: I'm gonna start with this. Uh, let's revisit this question next week after the likely Nemhard decision. Yeah. He seems to be uh, an Arizona lean based on what I've read. If the Wildcats lose him to Gonzaga, this is a big problem, and then we can start talking. So uh, for now, I'm not concerned. Uh, sure. If we'll, I'll panic next week if given the opportunity. Uh, 1B, Shane, Adia Barnes' pickups aren't really as eye-catching as they have been in previous years. Are you concerned about those or are you buying the concern or selling the concern?
0: I'll buy the concern a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting that the pieces that, that she's added have been, you know, they've been bit players on, on lesser teams. Um, so there's that concern. Adia Barnes tweeted uh, about a week or so ago uh, something that we discussed with her when she was on on the show is that, she tweeted something to the effect of you know, "nil is the most important thing in the transfer portal," and I think that was maybe a a subtweet of some of her experience. You know, I, I'm picturing her going up and trying to get some top players to come to Tucson, and selling her on the program and the culture and the chance to go to the WNBA and all that stuff. And 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 the first question I bet she's getting a lot is, okay how much money can I make here? And, and I think that puts her off a little bit. I think that maybe I'm not saying she hasn't embraced it and doesn't uh, appreciate the opportunity that student athletes have to make money, but I think she's maybe become a little disheartened just the way I interpreted that tweet. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe she's come a little disheartened at just how important that is. And maybe Arizona just still, they can't quite compete with other, other schools in, in that regard, at least for on the women's basketball side of things. So uh, I think that's part of it. Uh, there was a tweet the other day that with her, kind of a cryptic one, with her and Maya Naji that suggested maybe they're going to get a Big time player, or maybe they're in in play for one, and, and things can change every day. But yeah, underwhelmed so far. They got a great recruiting class coming in, but considering what they've lost, they've uh, they maybe even have more more holes to fill than the men's side does.
1: Yeah, I'm concerned, and I would like to have Adia on. Hopefully, in the next you know six weeks or so, we can ask her about this. And just kind of get her And feedback. she'll
0: be and she'll be blunt with us too. We yeah. I mean, you know that.
1: And, and that's why I like having her on because we can we can ask her honest questions and she'll answer honestly um yeah. with us. Um she's she's no BS. She she'll doesn't do that. the coach
0: speak. You no, know, and, and
1: that's what we like about her. Um though we have concerns. Uh number two, Shane, uh at this point, there is no possible way that the Pac twelve can make a good TV deal happen.
0: Uh, I guess you never say never, but I, I will buy that. It's very, very unlikely. I mean, if we're looking at the CW, I mean, they're going to be featured before or after live golf. That's not a, the the ideal situation. I mean, that's, that's almost a joke. It really it's a disaster.
1: is. It really is. Yeah. yeah it's a disaster. It's yeah.
0: bad. You know, it seems like the only viable option they have would be, you know, streaming only, which again, for a certain por- portion of the population just isn't going to fly. And yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, Eric, I I'm on the big 12 train with you. Hopefully that happens. Um, I, I, it doesn't sound like a TV it, 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 the deadline is kind of what June 1st.
1: No, it was, it's before then, but here's, here's what I got in, in the last week I, I heard uh, down the line that yeah. by June 1st, if there are no, there's no definitive PAC 12 TV deal that I think, or that I've heard that Arizona will be among the teams that jumps to the big 12. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, I think that's a reasonable timetable. I would probably have said that had I not heard it. Um, We'll see what happens. But I think right now what we've seen, this has been a total disaster. And I I just I'm sorry, but I can't see any possible way that the Pac-12 as it stands now or the Pac-10 comes out smelling like roses. No pun intended. Yeah. I mean, you add San Diego State. What value does that really add? Great, they got to the championship game in a fluky year in the NCAA tournament. Does that really do anything? Not, no. Not it's really. foot, it's no. all
0: about football, as we talked about. It. So, no. yeah. And, and N C State's got a decent football team, but it's not. They don't have the pedigree of a USC or UCLA. It's apples and oranges. And then who else are you gonna add? It SMU doesn't move the needle. Yeah, I, I, I think that it's, it's. I, I, I try not to, you know, be too knee-jerky about these things, but this has gone on long enough. Arizona needs to find greener pastures.
1: Yeah, and I just don't understand. The hesitation like what do you like if you're a Pac-12 president and athletic director at this point you've seen that things are not working like you're probably not getting a great deal cuz one hasn't come along yet it's not like fox is just going to immediately change their minds oh my god we really want this conference they've had 9 months to, to talk about this and nothing's happened and therefore it leads into question number 3 Shane it's fair to say that George Klyavkov has actually been worse than Larry Scott as Pac-12 commissioner by yourself.
0: It's really tough for me to answer this one. I'm, I'm, But I will sell just because I don't know if there's anything that anyone could have done at this point. I don't know if there's a miracle worker out there who could, you know, unless a, I don't think there's like a shark take investor that could have come along and fixed the Pac-12 at this point. I think Klayovkov was faced with really with an impossible task that, you know, I don't think it was his fault that uh, USC and UCLA bolted. I think that was in the works and during the Larry Scott era. So, uh, I think that's unfair to him um I don't know if he could have done more I mean he's pr- the only thing he's really done and he's been been able to do is promote a a confident um I'll call it facade to the public and saying that you know we're really in much better shape than we really are but I, I think privately if he if he could if you if he were to talk to you off the record he'd say you know I, I entered I I inherited just a complete dumpster fire and there's nothing that anyone could have done to to fix things in the way but, of Blair but see Scott
1: Here's where I disagree, and here's why I might somewhat buy this question. What has he done? Like, he seems like a nice guy. He's a better figurehead for the conference than Larry Scott was. We know that. But, like, what has he done, Shane? Nothing. Like, legitimately, you look at Brett Yormark in the Big 12. He went out and proactively got a TV deal done. What has George Klyavkov done? He's had nine months to do anything with a TV deal and got nothing. The yeah. best he came up with is CW or, you know, streaming yeah. only. It's
0: garbage. Yeah. And Klievkov, I think, was kind of a Hail Mary. And because he doesn't, he doesn't really come from the sports world, you know, he comes from the entertainment world. But you think that the two might kind of, you know, it would make sense. And I actually thought it kind of made sense at the time. He need something different sort of outside the box to jolt the conference. But I think maybe we were just a little too far down the line at this point for him to do anything. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but yeah, no, he hasn't done much. Could he have done more? I don't know. I think so.
1: I, I, you know, what? I think so. I think you gotta be proactive. I would not have waited and without knowing the, I'll be honest, don't know the circumstances. Yeah. I would have been proactive in trying to get a deal done before the big 12 did. And he got, I mean, and number two, you shouldn't have been blindsided by USC and UCLA. You shouldn't have. You know that that teams are going to move. Like the ACC commissioner, I know they have a, a grant of rights or whatever that's called over there, but like, you know, Miami wants to move. You know, Florida State wants to get out of there. I, I'm sure Jim Phillips, I believe that's his name. I'm sure he's aware of it. George, you, you had to know something wasn't right with yeah. those schools.
0: And in I'm, that respect, you know, if Larry Scott probably would have known, because he had built, probably had built those relationships to clear.
1: Larry out. probably got out on for a reason. He probably knew what was coming down the line. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to be blamed for this. I've already done enough. My my career will be over if I if I'm still here when what, they leave.
0: What's the line? Even even rats know when to jump ship.
1: Larry Scott knew when to jump ship. Yep. A guy that we totally transitioning in not a good segue. Uh, We have a guy that we love having on the show and we want to talk spring football. And I probably will ask him about Big 12 and Pac-12 as well, just because, you know, I love asking that question. But it's time to talk to Barrett Baker, who we haven't had on in five months, and find out his thoughts on the 2023 Arizona football team here in spring practice on Wildcat Country. What's up, Wildcat country? It's Robbie G, baby, and I am gearing up for a big year with Coach Jetfish and excited to see what the Arizona Wildcats do this football season. And just like the football team, we stepped up our program as well with the official licensed U of A ice shaker, baby. Check it out and get it at fanatics.com. Bear down, Arizona. Let's go. Shane, one of our favorite football guests that we haven't had on in a long time because we haven't as you said before the show we haven't talked football and all time.
0: basketball up until now
1: he's a man that i can say is significantly braver than i will ever be in life and that's barrett baker who was a former special teams captain and he's now i believe a battalion chief Did i get it right this this time barrett did i get it right or no
2: We're, semantics eric it's a uh, deputy chief officially but you know what it, it, it doesn't matter uh I never Tucson get it fire right. department. Two fire department. Let's just okay. go with that.
1: I'm gonna stick with it much braver than I ever first. would be, I ever will be and have been and whatnot. Barrett, great to have you. Um, my first You're question sure. when you see Bill Belichick out at Arizona practice, if you were Jed Fish, what do you do you, do you like take a picture of that and put it on your wall? Do you use that in recruiting pitches? Like, explain the significance to
2: current players and to recruits, in your opinion. Who doesn't know Bill Belichick? I mean, and and when you talk about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, you're you're kind of putting the route the Mount Rushmore of coaches out there. Uh, so to see him have an impact and be in Tucson, Arizona, uh, for a University of Arizona practice and just be involved in the program at all, that just it speaks volumes as to where we're going about winning football. Uh, and to your point, I went out to practice three weeks ago and. I'm starstruck as I'm talking with Brian Billick and and Mike Smith and the coaches clinic and I thought you know again as a football junkie and you guys are included that in that it's just unreal to actually talk to an NFL head coach that won a Super Bowl and, and be able to ask him about certain things and and get that perspective so it's just valuable and I think when you see them come out to the practice listen these are 18 19 20 20 year old kids that have the want and the desire to get to that level. So if you got the real guy standing right there, it, it's
0: pretty awesome. Eric, did Dick tell me do anything comparable to that when you were there? Uh,
2: he would just bring in. Uh, let's let's give you an example. Edwin Moses. Now, you know, I'm dating myself, but Edwin Moses, right? Greatest hurdler uh, that, that that existed there, and to bring somebody like that in and winning at an Olympic level because the NFL special, NBA special. When you talk about Olympic athletes at a worldwide level to come in and, and and talk to you, you know, that had an impact. And I think that's kind of what he did is, is it wasn't necessarily football related all the time, but he would bring in people uh, from different genres, different perspectives and say, how do you survive in life? How do you succeed in life? Not just football. And that's why he was so special as well.
0: You know, kind of along the lines of uh, Jed bringing Steve Kerr back to talk to the guys, even though it's a different sport. It, obviously, he's exactly. had a lot of success, a lot of success in, the, in his particular sport. So, I, in between putting out fires, Beard, I know you've had a little time to to take in uh, Arizona football practice. Just your overall impressions of the of the team so far.
2: I mean, where we were three years ago compared to where we are today is certainly more than three years in how a program either gets better or gets worse. Because we saw the inverse of that, and we saw how fast things went downhill. Uh, it's harder to build it back up. But you know, without sounding too cliché-ish, you have to build the foundation. And, and that doesn't happen overnight, but you have to change the mentality, and you have to bring people in that know how to win. Uh, and it requires a little bit of patience, and we're not patient as a society, as a fan base, and that's not to blame anyone. But we are on the right track. And if you're close to the program, then you know that. Now the wins and the losses—that's how ultimately everyone is judged. Uh, but but we're going up, and those wins are going to come. And you just you can feel it, you can see it when you're around there. And I'm excited for the the road ahead here. I just I, it, it's absolutely different. That starts with the coaching staff, uh, and then the players have bought into that. And when football's fun, then it's just a whole different ordeal. When it's not fun, it's a grind. And we're back to the fun part. And when you're fun, you can give 100% because that's what it takes to win.
0: You sent me a message, I uh, heard about a month or so ago, maybe not even that long ago. Just tell me a little bit of kind of an overview of, of what positions that you thought were looked look good and then maybe some concerns. Just you mentioned maybe one or two positions you think that team team look, looks solid in, maybe even better than last year. And then maybe one or two that might concern you going into the next season.
2: I think the tight end position, when you look at that, uh that has three or four guys and i talked to coach uh uh pow excuse me you know you get a surprise there last year not anybody in the planet knew who tanner mclaughlin was correct and now we're talking about an nfl kid but in spring he was still getting healthy and recovering from his knee surgery and he was the newcomer and now everyone's saying gronk jr so there is so much that can happen between spring and fall of next year but that tight end group between Tanner uh, obviously Burnett is still growing Miranda is healthy and physically looks the part and then a lot of folks i got you know without saying spill an inside information but there's a lot of people uh that are talking about number 87 and that is our tight end from Brophy that he has the highest ceiling out of all of them potentially so when you talk about a kid that's like 6 foot 7 and 245 pounds, and whose best days are ahead of them, uh, then then that's scary as well. So four tight ends, the running back position, obviously, uh, you know, Wiley was on fire last year, one of the top backs in the nation at the end of the season. But I would not want to tackle Jonah Coleman. Uh, his legs are bigger than my waist, and he runs with an aggressiveness and looks like a just a, a really different back this year. And then D.J. Williams, you know, he's a little bit nicked up or has been nicked up. But another guy that as a defensive back, you really don't like to tackle people like that, that run with uh, a meanness to them, a physicality. So those three guys right there. But you need three guys, as we saw last year, because with running backs, you get beat up. It's a physical position. So I think those two position groups uh, are obviously right there. The wide receiver group, we had three of the best in the pack 10 or the pack 12 much less the, the no, you got it right you got it right pack 10 yeah, yeah yeah uh but you know we, we lost a big piece so now who's that who's that person that's going to come in and fill that role and we'll see how that goes but i mean you obviously have two players there that are proven commodities now we just need to get that third fourth fifth kid to step up and really contribute but uh, you know jordan morgan going to the offensive line real quick you know he, he's an nfl draft pick and so when you have NFL draft picks, that's how you win in college football as well. So for him to be on schedule, I wouldn't say ahead of schedule because I don't know that. But as long as he's not behind schedule, then obviously he's going to have a big impact. But who's that tackle that's going to take over and hold things down? And I think that's why spring is really important to kind of establish that depth. You look at Borjan from last year, junior college kid. There's a transition there. I was a junior college kid, so I understand what that means. Uh, but his body has changed. And, 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 you know, just finding the right fit and, and moving Jonah, as we know, from right guard to right tackle. I think that's an insurance policy, depending on how some of the young kids come in and compete. But uh, I, I just rambled through the offense. But, you know, I left out the quarterback position because everyone would be happy with that. And I think that, you know, the, the progression and how you get better in an offense with time, obviously, there's a huge comfort level. And we're expecting big things from Jaden as well. So,
1: Barry, you mentioned NFL talent. So I told Shane this a few months ago on the on the sports books that Justin Flo was actually listed as one of the candidates to go number one overall. Now, I don't know who put him in there. Now, obviously, he then transferred to Arizona, but this is a kid with legitimate NFL talent. Then they brought in a guy named Bill Norton from Georgia. Just tell us your impressions of what you saw on defense and how much better you expect this defense to be uh in year two under Johnny Nansen.
2: Uh, I'm going to start with somebody that you didn't mention there that I have a tremendous bias towards. But the, the addition of Dwayne Akina, uh, it, it can't really be spoken about how big that is. And, and when you go to practice and you see and hear Coach Akina coach and have the impact on a defense that he does with his controlled insanity – uh, that is the starting point. And I mean, I loved it. And when I went out out there at one point, he said, do you miss it, Barrett? You know, he's got that raspy voice <laughs> and I told him I could give him one play, but it, it's, I love the fact that our defensive guys get to be coached by him. And that's not a shot at our other coaches, but he's different. And when you put the amount of guys in the NFL that he's had, uh, he makes defenses better with his knowledge, with his scheme, with his ability to communicate, with his ability to motivate. So from a coaching standpoint, that will be a huge deal. Player standpoint, when I went out there, it's a little tough to tell how big Bill is going to do, right? Because he is a giant person in the middle of a defense, uh, and it's hard to be impactful when you're just watching practice. But when you see him in a game and can, can, can he control the gaps up front, control the center – you know, plug up the guard, all of those holes that you expect from those big guys, Tyler Manoa. So they have actual size. And I guess I would say that Bill and Manoa, they have size. Now, size isn't everything. And I know that that sounds lame, but, you know, we've, we've had size in the past. Fish, Fanene, Sione, uh I, I mean, we've had some kids in the past that have had the size, but not necessarily that productivity. So we need them to be productive, not just big. But but coming from a Georgia, that's a big deal. Manoa is familiar with with Coach Nansen and they obviously brought him in for a reason. So those two guys up front that keeps your linebackers clean. Clean linebackers are effective linebackers, right? When when centers and guards and tackles get to the next level and they reach those linebackers, that's when you get big plays against the defense, and we don't want that. So flow. I'll choose my words carefully because I think potential is an extremely dangerous word because rarely do we live up to it. And I think with him, the concern for me is that if you're not being a full-time starter at Oregon under a very proven defensive coach and Dan Lanning, what was missing? And it's easy to point to the injuries, um, but last year, if he's healthy and he's not playing, that scares me a little bit. So I'm in a wait and see. And when I see that, I mean, this kid's got like, a physique like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he's a violent hitter. So I don't think that you can discount that portion. But do what the defense asks you to do, and that's not tackle every single ball carrier. It's not intercept every pass. It's literally do what your assignment is. So if he can do that, I, I there's an unmatched ceiling there with his physical skills as long as he can stay healthy. But you know, Hamuli's another kid that came in from Washington uh, again. Why didn't he contribute as much at Washington? I don't know, but maybe the change of, of scenery helps him out. And then I think one of the biggest, without jumping ahead on you guys, but you know, uh Patu, the the, the Cal transfer uh, as a defensive end, that's where defense starts is up front. You have to be able to pressure a quarterback and you really, if you can do that out of your base defense, now you're really ahead because now you use your back seven to cover. Right. But I think Hunter Eccles last year gave us a little bit of a, a pass rush, um, but we have to replace that. And Patu looks the part. I mean, he's long. He's 6'5 and 240 pounds, but he only had two sacks in his career at Cal out of four years. They see something in him. That's why they brought him in. That's not an accident. But that that kid has to be able to contribute to, from the defensive end position, and you got to get the development from the young defensive end's and Davis uh, Ward and uh, and both deuces for that matter.
1: I'll tell you your knowledge of the roster in spring. Usually, I wait till my Phil Steele magazine comes out with all the player you know players listed. You just ran down offense and defense. It was super impressive. So I'm going to give you one here, just kind of a generic question. The last time we had you on was after the UCLA game, and we were all excited because yeah. Arizona pulled the upset, and then they flopped against Washington State, but they beat ASU. That was great. You look at the schedule for next year. Do you, do you see six wins on that schedule or more to get Arizona to a bowl game?
2: I see seven, and that's if things go the right way. And sometimes, you know, football is luck, and, and a lot of the breaks have to go your way with, your way with staying healthy. You know, when Jordan Morgan left, I, or when he got hurt against UCLA, that was a huge difference because Sam Lange, you know, he's not Jordan Morgan. He's a good football player but he's not that first-round draft pick that Jordan was. So, you know, it takes health and luck and and, and uh, execution. So, you know, I, I think that there's seven wins there, and then you just keep building. And you never really know where things start. And just a, a quick story, in 1997, we were a good football team, but something was missing, and I don't know what it was. But we had lost to Ohio State. We lost to UCLA and coach really challenged us. And then we went to Washington state uh, against their Rose bowl team that year. And we lost in overtime. And I've told that story before, but the, the locker room changed after that game, because at that time you could only travel 60 players, but there was 60 guys that knew we should have won that game. And we ended up winning out the rest of the season, knocking ASU out of their fiesta bowl. And that paved the way into the next year. So w- when does that moment happen for us as in the, the current squad? And maybe it's going to Mississippi State early in the season and knocking them off because we competed against them last year. And I believe they, they lost Will Rogers, their quarterback. So, you know, why not go in and compete against them? And so maybe you sneak that one, which no one's really expecting you to win, and, and now all of a sudden the guys say, this is why we worked so hard. And, 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 you know, now it's just week to week, and you start getting those wins. So I believe in it, and I, I think there's no reason offensively especially that you know we're going to be good on offense i'm still scared about the defense but hopefully they make me eat my words and and just you know light it up and if we can get balanced football you always have a good chance to win some games
0: Barrett, my only concern about Jaden DeLore, because I love his game, is he's a very emotional guy. And I think that could be sometimes a good thing, but if you you let it get the best of you sometimes, which I think maybe he did sometimes, it could be a detriment. You know, I think back to his uh, scrap with Dorian Singer, and you just, you could see him getting emotional on the sidelines sometimes. Just, I don't know if you had a chance to talk to him personally or just observe from afar, but is is that a concern of yours or no? I think
2: that's Coach Fish's concern. I, I think that he's been upfront about that. And that's something that the the, the chemistry between those two working together, going through a whole nother spring, getting comfortable in it. And I, I think that's what he said, right? There's no such thing as a 14 point play in football. And so you live to fight another day and that's just the maturity. And I mean, we saw the best of him and I think he's been obviously a huge addition to the program, but those intangibles that you talk about, and I don't think I would get in trouble by saying this, but I, I did ask Brian Billick because uh, he was standing next to me, so I'm going to take advantage of that. But I said, when you come out here to a practice and you look at number seven out there, you know, uh, can you see that he's an NFL kid? And he said, without hesitation, he's got an NFL arm. But there's a lot more that goes into it. And we chatted briefly about in, the, the quarterback position is nothing more than a 50-50 flip of the coin as to whether they succeed in the NFL because it's everything else besides the arm right? It's making the right read. It's getting into the right play. It's executing. It's, it's about six different things. And does Delora have the ability because we know the arm is there, but can he get better at the other five? If the, if I can say that, so uh, I'm expecting him to get better. And and, and again, the more weapons you have and when Wiley and, and Coleman and Williams run effectively, then that is a huge deal as well for any quarterback because when they're taking away or trying to take away the run, now you got one on ones, and that's a lot easier for quarterbacks to have success with.
0: And You get running backs who can catch the ball too, which can definitely bail you out in situations if you're willing to let them. Which is kind of a, the 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 other element of that. I got two more for you, Barrett, and I I had no bis- purpose in asking you this. It just came to my mind because Peyton Manning mentioned a few months ago that the the whole idea of halftime adjustments are a myth. They don't really happen. True or false?
2: Uh, I would say true. And it's hydrate. It's calmed down a little bit. It's your position coach coming in and, and having one or two very, very specific adjustments that you possibly might make. Uh, and then it's it's listening to your defensive coordinator or your offensive coordinator. Uh, so Listen, you you scouted out a whole week and you have a game plan. You cannot throw that out and and throw some new defense that you never practiced or anything like that or or a, you know, an offensive play that you haven't run since the first week of the season when it's season 8, when it's week 8. It's just not realistic. So execute and find out. I mean, what does he say in training day? The the blank is not chess, it's checkers. Flip that, though. It ain't checkers, it's chess, right? Find out what they're hurting you with and how do you counter that? And I, so I would agree with Peyton that it wasn't wholesale changes. It's one of the little tiny things. And if they've picked up on any tendencies in that first half that they feel like they can take away in the second half.
0: But you do throughout the game anyway,
2: right? You value yeah, possession. It, it, and to that point, you know, it, the challenge with us, we had Coach Ellerson. He was our defensive coordinator. He was in the box because he had defensive coaches like Akina on the sideline that could make those adjustments on the whiteboard. So every time your unit comes off, you see everybody go to the bench. They stay with their position group and they have their coach come over and talk about things. And I can't speak to the offensive line, uh, but they have to figure out what the defense is doing with their stunts and their moves and all of that stuff. You know, we have to figure out formation wise. Are they doing motions that are confusing us and getting us out of the defense that we want to be? So it's not major things, it's little things, but little things make a big difference every time.
0: All right, my last question for you, Barrett. uh, We know that uh, a former member of uh, the Wildcat Country podcast, or former guest, I should say, Keola Antolin, uh, U of A alum, uh, joined the uh, the fire squad down in Tucson. Uh, We talked a little bit before we we started recording, but just tell us about his position and how that all came about. Uh, Keola's
2: just, he's a great kid. And I'll say kid because I'm older than him, and I don't mean it disrespectfully. But uh, Keola went up to the CFL, tried to play football up there for a few years, uh, but just you know, injuries are tough. It's a tough part of football. So he eventually had to kind of uh, move away from that. He went back to Las Vegas and, and was involved in coaching for a while. And uh, but there was something else that he felt was was out there for him. And so somehow we got hooked up and, and, and uh, talked about the fire department. And he has a family that, you know, I think his wife's a nurse and he's got a brother that's in law enforcement. So he comes from kind of the a family that gives back a little bit and uh, just started working with him when he was still living in Las Vegas and a few phone conversations and this and that. And he just did an exceptional job of putting in as much work as possible to get through our uh, uh, application process. He got hired. He finished up the 22-week training academy, and now he's working at uh, Station 9 for us. Uh, which is my park mall and, and really just doing well uh, just great family uh, really a, a good individual and we're a better city because of the fact that he's given back a little bit so a great success story very excited for his career and you know now we're looking for the next keola to to join the fire department as well so
1: that is really high praise from you to give uh, keola that's really really cool uh, Shane, we'll have to have him on again and, and play that clip from Barry. Absolutely. Yeah. That is that's real. No, that's really cool to say. Uh, and I'm sure that would mean a lot to him. All right. My last question is cliche, but we haven't had you on in five months. So I have to ask you, are you team Pac-10 or team Big 12 for Arizona going forward? Uh,
2: is that I I I I just I can't even answer that. Look at me, I'm speechless. <laughs> I don't care. I just love watching football, and I want Arizona football to win wherever we go. I think the 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 Big Twelve, you know, that's a new thing. uh, That that there's obviously something that's attractive about that. The traditional part of me, I love playing the other ten teams, and you know, those are where the rivalries are at, and that's where I'm comfortable. And so, that's the frustrating part about today's football. If I could be long-winded, right? It's all about the dollars, and it's all about the TV and the exposure, but I just love going to football games at Arizona stadium and kicking off at six or seven o'clock and, and cheering for the Wildcats. And I think I have a better opportunity to do that. Obviously when we stay in the pack, because it, you know, those road games, that's a whole different animal, right? But uh, I'm impartial. I just love watching the U of a, and I hope wherever it is that we end up kicking butt in either conference and coming out with some sort of championship.
1: You know, we have a lot of, Uh, football guests on throughout the year or we've had and doing almost 150 shows but Barrett I'll tell you you're uh, one of Shane's and my favorites because of your passion and your expertise we always appreciate having you on can't believe it's been five months but I guarantee you that we'll have you on sooner than the next five months so thank you so much for joining us here on this show
2: always a pleasure guys bear down and uh, let's support the Cats for spring football and then let's uh, see how it goes excited for it
0: One gem mint PSA 10 after another. That's what so many card collectors, including yours truly have experienced when they submit their cards for grading through DT sports cards. They are an authorized PSA dealer, which means if you submit your cards through them, you'll reap all the benefits of being a PSA subscriber without actually having to subscribe. That means you can take advantage of PSA's bulk submission rate, even if you want to submit just a single card and for just $2 a card, DT Sports Cards will give your cards a thorough review and tell you if they're likely to receive your desired grades for them. I've submitted baseball, football, basketball, hockey, and yes, even Pokemon, and have received so many PSA 10s because DT Sports Cards has helped me send in the right cards and save my money on the rest. Check them out for yourself at DTSportsCards.com or on twitter and instagram at dt underscore sports cards great stuff from barrett baker great to great to talk to
1: him just great into info i'm just using the word great a lot because every time we have barrett on you just you learn something new and he really went down the roster and did a great job shane so great to get the info that's four times in uh 30 seconds but <laughs> i said it he's it, great it's
0: great it was great that you mentioned it yeah, yeah. no it, and uh, it just made, made me think during the conversation we have with barrett and he's a by the way, when we talked about this after the interview, you know, if if, Pac, if the PAC 12 was still around the, in a couple of years, he, they ought to sign him up at least, you know, part-time. I know he's got his, his, you know, the whole fire gig, but he's, he's such a fantastic analyst. They'd be lucky to have him. Uh, but I was also thinking about the fact that, you know, he's, the kind of access that he has and the alumni have, I don't know if they were. First of all, bringing back guys like Brian Billick and Bill Belichick is, was was massive. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, allowing the alumni to, you know, talk to them and just have that kind of access, I I don't know if I was mean, certainly, his, uh, Jed predecessor didn't do that, and I I, I think that he Jed gets it. He embraces alumni. is evidenced by the fact that the Gronkowski brothers are coming back to to uh, coach the the spring game. He braces it in a way that that few guys have, and combining that with his NFL connections is fantastic. But no, uh, Barrett's a great wealth of information. He gets the game. He loves Arizona football. He gave a very diplomatic answer about the Pac-12 Big 12 thing, which I enjoyed. Um, But yeah, we'll have him on again definitely before the season starts and during the season to give us some solid analysis.
1: So I just want to make a quick reference to softball. They got swept at Stanford last Mm. week. Now they have three games against number two UCLA at home. Uh, They are not ranked in the top 25, which honestly is an embarrassment. Now this is their last really tough series of the regular season, but um, things aren't great. But, hey, baseball uh, won three of their last four in a row, lost the first one to Washington, then won the next two, and then beat New Mexico State. On Tuesday night, now they're going to do the Pullman uh, to take on Washington State for three games before playing ASU at home uh, for a game. So is Chip
0: Hale back in your good graces at all, or no? No,
1: not not good. Uh, I will say with the
0: softball team, they've lost. They it wasn't like last year. They've they're losing a lot of close games.
1: uh, It doesn't doesn't matter. I don't. I know it doesn't. I know it doesn't.
0: But but they have a lot. They have some very talented freshmen. I think that they. This is a team that maybe is one stud pitcher away from being eight. not not top 10 team, but certainly a top 20 team. So I am giving like like chip. I know you disagree with me. I'm going to give Caitlin Lowe a little more time. Cause I think she's going to do very well.
1: At least she's recruiting. Unlike chip. I mean, like some people. I well, yeah. I mean, hey, all right. <laughs> uh, so the, the other like schedule news that I wanted to talk about this week was announced on Wednesday that Arizona was going to play Michigan state in a non-conference yeah. game on Thanksgiving in Palm Springs. I mean, You look at the Wildcats' schedule. They have Duke 10 days into the season at Duke. They have Michigan State in Palm Springs in late November. And then in late December, you're going to have Alabama in Phoenix. I don't care that they're not playing in a preseason tournament. You can't find many teams in the country that have three non-conference games as intriguing as Arizona has lined up next season.
0: It, it telling you It reminds me of the way Lou Olson used to schedule the non-conference you know and, and Sean Miller I think sort of preferred to ease the team into the season a little bit more i mean they, he had he's, he scheduled some tough teams as well don't get me wrong you know the home and home with florida going to michigan but there were a lot more cupcakes in the world during the lute olson era and i think Tommy Lodes sort of getting back to uh and i don't know how much he has to do with it but just getting back to the, those tough non-conference games which are going to look good. There's no reason not to play those games. They look great if you win them. Certainly that that's the reason I know what happened in the tournament, but the reason Arizona got a two C was because of all their impressive non-conference wins. And then a couple over UCLA as well. Uh, And if you lose them, it's not going to hurt you. You know, it's not, it's going to, it's going to toughen you up and it's going to get you ready for, uh, for conference play. And so I, I love it. Uh, Tom Mizzo is, is one of the best coaches in the, in the country. He's one of the best tournament coaches, I think as well. And uh, I I kind of feel bad the guys are it's the thing it's it's the second straight year they're not going to be home for Thanksgiving because I think they were in Maui last year but Maui's not a horrible place to spend yeah but it's a
1: it's a day game and then they'll be able to get home it's in Palm Springs so they're actually going to be able to get home oh, for that's Thanksgiving true. dinner that's true. have a late you think about late dinner that's good yeah, yeah so so no problem there I'm more concerned about actually having the Duke game uh, within the first ten days of the season as it as yeah. I believe it's scheduled I mean this Duke team should be really good like mm. top three good. On the road that early in the season, without much warm up, uh, that's going to be a tough spot, regardless uh, I, I, of what Arizona gets.
0: I agree, I agree. But I, I, if if it happens, I don't think about a, a big butt kicking early in the season is going to be that big a deal. If anything, they'll it, they'll learn from it. They'll and so I, I'm fine with it. And look, even it, remember if if they lose by twenty or thirty in in Cameron, we got them in Tucson the following season.
1: And I can't wait for that. But yeah, I think I think the key is next year with these three games, you got to take two out of three of them. If you take two out of three, it's a very successful non-conference season. You go one out of three, okay, fine. You you go in three, uh, you got problems heading into the Pac-12 season. The last with UCLA and USC, and I don't believe that UCLA is scheduled to play at McHale Center, which is incredibly stupid. Uh, it wouldn't bother me if a non-conference game or something was added. I don't, I don't know how that's going to work. But,
0: but to your point, Erica, the fact that they're only playing UCLA once next and USC once uh, and during the regular season play, at least next season, makes those non-conference games even more important because You're how right. many chances for quality wins they're going to get in the Pac-12 outside of that.
1: And by the way, UCLA's lost a lot. Tiger Campbell's gone. Amari Bailey's gone. They had a and, big and commitment. Uh, uh, but not yet, it, not yet, but they're getting I, – I, not that I've seen – uh, there, there's a European kid that, they're, that they're talking about getting, yeah. I don't know if, if it's done yet, but UCLA is not going to be, you know, they thought they were going to get Reese Dixon waters from USC. And then he ended up going last minute to San Diego state, hmm. uh, UCLA fans have been perusing their message boards. Uh, they are not doing well. You think, uh, as an Arizona fan that we haven't gotten anybody yet, that's transferred here yet, UCLA fans are in full panic mode. And I know Shane, based on your mentions on Twitter, I'm sure you're not devastated to hear that.
0: No, I I I love needling a couple of fan bases, UCLA and New Mexico State. Like I just because that they have the big rivalry, GCU, and I like taking pot shots of them because they take themselves way too seriously. UCLA fans, some of them anyway, take themselves way too seriously. So I'll just throw something out there and just mute the conversation and just let whatever happens gonna happen.
1: All right, last question for you. Um, it's the NBA playoffs coming up now. I know. This is a college sports show, but I still have to ask, will DeAndre Ayton get a, get a ring this year with the Suns?
0: No, because the Suns are never going to win an NBA oh, championship. Stop with ever. That, that out. Give me that. I've been a fan since the late 80s, Eric, and I I am have am, closed my heart off to this team until they give me reason for hope again, which they will, and I'll I'll and my gullibility will, will buy into it. But uh, it putting that aside, putting my bitterness as a long lifelong Suns fan aside. Uh, I think that uh, health permitting, which is always the big thing, especially with Kevin Durant and Chris Paul, they actually have a better chance of winning it all next year if if they they get. I mean, those guys are all coming back, and then uh, they'll actually have more than seven or eight games to play with each other. But it's just such a gauntlet this year, and without building that chemistry, you know, you got. The Clippers won't be easy, and then likely Denver, and then probably the Warriors in the conference finals. I know, oh, by the way, if you get past them, you got the final boss in either Boston or Milwaukee, one of the two best teams in the, in the NBA, most likely. So, I think it's going to be a little too hot, hot too big a hill, uh, to climb this time. Um, with uh, this. will they make the finals? Uh, I'm going to say they get tripped up along the way somewhere, and, and the, the other thing is injuries are always an issue you know it it, game one durant gets hurt then all bets are off and and it's it's just it's a war of attrition and and durant hasn't played more than what 50 games in the last three or four seasons so i don't think so but uh you know who knows we'll see they'll probably give me false hope again at some point
1: i'll say bucks over suns in the finals uh sorry deandre you won't get your ring this year but hey at least he's still in the suns because that we wouldn't have predicted last year this time Uh, I want to thank uh, Barrett Baker for joining us. Great to catch up with him again next week, Chris Gronkowski on the show to recap the spring game uh, and hear everything that happens in Tucson this weekend. If you're heading down to the spring game, which I hope you do uh, have a great time down there and uh, give us your thoughts on Twitter. So for Dale, I'm Eric Cohen. Thanks for listening. And as always bear down.